Yo, yo, this is Justin, Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Welcome to the Zach Sang Show. We have Heather, we have yo. Dan, hey, we have Sam. We have Casey, and we have Adam X Ambassador. Yeah. Okay, okay. What I got a mouthful of three musketeers right now. <laughs> I'm really happy you're eating them because that's literally all we have to offer. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a that's a pretty good offering. That's, that's a great. Offer. Most places they usually just have coffee. You know, that's yeah. pretty dope. Well, you were out this there chilling the before, and I'm sorry we had nothing more to offer you than a chocolate. That's okay. I mean, you know, I was asleep for most of that time anyway. So <laughs> I've been having some serious jet lag. Yeah. <laughs> so wh- where are we off the plane from? Wh- where we, we just come came from? back from a. Uh, a European tour. We were in, we were in London. We were in Paris. We were in Berlin, Cologne, nice. uh, Hamburg, Amsterdam, uh, Moscow, uh, uh, Kiev, and Warsaw. Warsaw. What is a Moscow crowd like? Amazing. Actually, yeah. yeah, one of the best crowds we've had. It was yeah. Our Moscow show was the biggest that we've done outside of the U.S. and Canada um, on our own, like our our own uh, headline show. It was it was really amazing. I mean, like, look, Moscow is a city. Feel when you're there, it feels like a city just like every other city. I mean, it doesn't feel like you're in North Korea or something. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, you don't feel like you're in an oppressive state. I mean, these are people who want to feel uh, accepted and uh, and who welcome like an inclusive environment that we try to create when we put on a show and uh, who want to hear great music and it was really eye-opening and beautiful and uh yeah it was a blast we we can't wait to go back do we have a measurement system of what is a good show and what isn't like yeah how loud the crowd is yeah they're loud it's a good show yeah i mean it's it's that too usually like that that makes up for any Little things that that we mess up, uh, you know, that, that that we can o- that <laughs> yeah. only we can tell. You yeah, know, exactly. Like, uh, so yeah, generally, if the crowd, if if you can really hear the crowd and feel how how into it they are, um, that always helps. That's a good gauge uh, and how loud they sing. There was the Warsaw gig. Actually, my my ears were ringing after that, and I didn't have my my in ear pack any louder than normal. It was just sheerly the volume of the crowd. It wow. was amazing. That was. That was definitely the rowdiest gig I think was in Warsaw. Yeah, because you can feel that energy more than the other members. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's honestly, Casey. Usually for you, you always say that the louder the crowd is, that's that's the more you oh, can yeah. get into it. But for I mean for us, like I can you know I can see the smiles on on people's faces uh, or the tears or, or the tears <laughs> yeah streaming down their their faces. Is one emotion more impactful to you than the other, or is it the fact that you're evoking any emotion from somebody that matters? I think it's the fact that we're doing anything that matters. You know, it's it's uh, it's so. I was we were we were talking about this the other day. It's like it's hard sometimes to see how uh, strongly you know our, our fans react to, to certain songs it's it's uh, it's it's difficult to see the emotion that you put into something reflected so uh, immediately on someone's face uh, it, it, but it, in, in the most uh, in the most uplifting way it's difficult in the in the best kind of way does that add pressure to the creating the, the, the art process I think it only adds pressure in a sense that that it makes us realize like okay w- you know the deeper we dig uh uh emotionally when we're writing songs the uh the more people are going to connect to it uh and and that's uh 
that's difficult to to pursue you know like that that deep digging of like who am i what makes me tick and what really what have what makes me uh me uh what have i been through you know whatever it is does that end up becoming like a personal challenge like how deep could i go how can i analyze this series of events that i just experienced yeah i think i think for us it's like for me, as a lyricist, whenever I land on something that feels very uncomfortable, I know that I've landed on something important and that I should I should write about. And that's, you know, I, I think in part uh, from seeing how you know songs like Unsteady uh, really connect with people. That was such a personal song, and then, but also like how it how it uh, how people process it differently and 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 create their own kind of significance from it. Uh, even though it, you know, it means a different thing to everybody who hears it. What about joyful? Because that's like the most unjoyful single artwork. <laughs> and it that's almost, what my wife said when she first saw it. Too. <laughs> yeah, but it almost like it sounds like you're trying to be joyful, but it's like, yeah. is the song actually a joyful song? No, that's the whole song. The whole the whole idea of the song is like the attempt. You know, that's the biggest thing. That's what life is. The you know, like you may never actually achieve uh, ultimate satisfaction or happiness or be able to really really live every moment being grateful of 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 what you have but it's the pursuit of that 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 is is everything and uh and that's kind of what the song is it's a frustrating thing to to really come to terms with knowing that like life is or 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 real starting to realize that life is is all about that 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 attempt just the attempt and just that pursuit. What are you pursuing now? Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> Playing I don't know. shows, Playing right. shows. Music, I think you know, right now, for 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 us collectively, you know, we we are pursuing this this next record as a way to define this chapter of our lives. Um, and uh, yeah, for me personally, I'm I'm still just trying to figure out how to you know how to appreciate everything uh and and uh, you know in the midst of the chaos that is life and the you know with with all of its ups and downs because i mean you say you got to figure out how to appreciate things things have moved pretty fast and i know it's not too too fast but like it's been a whirlwind of the last six years pretty much yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know like how do you process it and how do you how do you do it individually is it time alone is it time together i think it's really hard for us to process it because because we've, you wow, know, your voice sounds so good. I know. Oh my God. You never oh, hear me compressed. Wow. <laughs> um, I don't sing in the band live or anything, so he's not used to this beautiful voice. Get just used to that. Just change. wait. Album three. Album, album three. three. I'm, I'm taking lead vocals over. That's right. I've been um, waiting for it for my whole life. <laughs> but for us, it's hard to appreciate things because we set these goals and we've been really lucky to achieve some of them. And as soon as we achieve them. It's like we no longer are excited about that yeah. thing. You know, it's like we just wanted to be a touring band that was able to like have any sort of relevance or success. And then as soon as we achieve that, it's like we no longer appreciated that journey. And it's the next thing. On to the next one. And so, you know, it's a blessing and a curse in a way because we've achieved so much, but it's really hard for us to appreciate it because we're just focused on the next thing. Like, the first album was a success, and that's amazing, but we don't care about that now. Now we're focused on the next thing, and it's really hard to step away and appreciate, and that's what 
playing live really does for us. Yeah. I think that is the time where we can appreciate things because we have a tangible response from our crowd. It's really hard to appreciate things when we're in a bubble in a studio for six months recording things that we don't know if they're good or bad. And it's very, you know, yeah, we don't immediately write something and be like, this is it. This is <laughs> like wish. amazing. It's really like a lot yeah, of times it's never, it's never been like that. I want to break down that process, right? So like where do the lyrics start? Does it, who comes to the studio with lyrics and how are you gathering them? Usually I come, you know, I'm, I'm doing all the, the lyric writing. Um, and sometimes it starts with an idea that I have, uh, fleshed out with chord changes on my own and I bring it to Casey and Adam, and then then we all work on it collectively together. Or, you know, with something like Joyful, Casey had these chord changes that he had sent to me that were kind of sitting in my on my phone, and I pulled it up in the car one day on the way to the studio and just started singing that hook over it and, and then spent the rest of the day working on the song with, with Adam and then on my own. And um, it comes in, in different ways. Sometimes it's... it's uh, uh, you know, just a melody that we have uh, over a, a beat, and the lyrics don't come for a very long time. Uh, and, you know, it it, it varies. It, it really depends. But you sit on that beat, knowing that it could be used one day. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Um, if for us or for someone else, you know, we've started to to branch out into writing and producing with other people too now. So. Um, that kind of opens up the possibilities, which is really exciting. And honestly, like, I think great for us because we write so much all the time now to have, to be able to write songs and be like, oh, well, you know, this doesn't necessarily feel like our next single, but this could be someone else's next single. But are there different parts of yourself that you access to get the two different types of songs out? I don't know. I think, I think I try, I, I, I know that, I have many different sides to, to myself and, and I allow when I'm writing, you know, when we were writing for this record, I just lyrically and, and melodically and, and vibe wise, it was just like, just, just, just do everything, just do everything and, and see what resonates the most, you know, amongst the three of us. And, uh, that kind of, uh, led us to, you know, this more, um, soul infused sound that that you hear on on joyful and and don't stay um but you know i i just kind of the best songs usually come out of nowhere yeah um and it's uh very frustrating <laughs> <laughs> but you know? it, it comes out of nowhere but somewhere at the same time right yeah yeah for sure for sure do you remember the first record you ever wrote first record i ever wrote was probably when i was like 12 or 13 um it was oh it was a song called lead rose whoa yeah kiss me my lead rose wow. cold enchantress <laughs> 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 that was, oh my God, kiss me my lead rose <laughs> 
I'm a hopeless romantic. You can tell we were children of the 90s, you know. <laughs> wow. It was very intense children of the 90s. On, yeah. Wow. It was full on like Matchbox 20. <laughs> I like that. I'm full. I'm just, like blushing so hard right now remembering <laughs> that song. Oh my God. That's so funny. I'm really impressed you can remember though. Probably. I've never heard that. I like the use of Enchantress. I like that. Nice, right? Yes. Yeah. The rhyme scheme is actually on point, kind of. good. Yeah. Does he come to you, Casey, and go, I wrote this song? <laughs> you know, what do you think? Uh, he, he does, but he, he's. He's accused me of being too positive about everything. <laughs> uh, you know, I usually say, oh, that's awesome. And it, it, cause it usually is. Yeah. A- Adam, Adam has taken on the role of the one, uh, who, who just can tell me if, if it's garbage or not. He's your brother, you Which know? Is great. I know. Casey's very I would think supportive. he'd be good at, at giving him negative yeah. feedback as his brother. I Guys, know, right? they grew up in Ithaca, the most positive place in America. It's a very, very positive very place. Yeah. Have you been? Oh, dude, I <laughs> love Ithaca, New York. We are oh, really yeah. great. We are very lucky to be on Z ninety five five WFIZ nice. in right. Ithaca. Represent. I, I've been there, and I went for the Ithaca Day Parade, where oh there's old ladies dressed awesome. up as a uh, oh. birth control and yeah. Black Lives oh, Matters in front of every house. <laughs> oh, you Sounds know. Yes. Fun. Represent. <laughs> Amen. I, I mean, you, growing up in an environment like Ithaca, it is really endless love. It's it is. Fair, yeah. It is. But it's also. I mean, that's kind of what the whole first record is about. You know, Ithaca is a. It's a beautiful place. It's a very liberal little college town, kind of a a, um, a little haven, almost like Burlington, yes. you know, or something like that, um, ostensibly, you know. But it's also in upstate New York, which is very poor uh, and very rural in lots of places, and that you know is also a part of the community. It's it's a melting pot, I think, more so than than people. Um, no, and growing up there, I f- I felt that a lot more than I felt like the, you know, I grew up where we grew up was out in kind of the boonies. Okay, you know, like we weren't in downtown, the center of town. Like uh, we were out in the country. We uh, rode home on bus seventy five. Yeah, we <laughs> rode home on bus seventy five. You know, and it was like it was very a very different experience. I I I took away a lot of. Um, I felt, you know, pretty as accepting and, and open as an environment as it as Ithaca is. I definitely felt very lost and alienated, and I was like listening to so such different music than all my friends were, and and uh, it, it felt very middle America uh, growing up there, even though it is this kind of like hippie little town. Which I get that, and, and when, yeah. when you're writing Lead Rose, what are you listening to? <laughs> are you listening like to Google huge, Dolls? No, I, well, yes, absolutely. I was like a huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. Nice, and uh, and like uh, Rage Against the Machine, and uh, oh, this is early on, like um, until like halfway through high school, and then I started dating this girl who like loved indie rock, and she introduced me to everything from you know like the Arcade Fire to. Uh, uh, to White Stripes to and then I started getting into like proto-punk stuff like the MC5 and the Stooges cool. and the Damned and and, uh, and all that all that stuff um, and then also like my whole life just growing up listening to hip-hop and, and R&B that was and pop that was like whatever was on the radio you know we didn't grow up in New York City or LA where all the coolest bands were coming all the time you know there were no cool bands that came to Ithaca none well not until Cayuga Sound not until Cayuga Sound so yeah dude I thank you last year was the first year it was a big deal for the community everybody's supporting it it's a music festival and it keeps on getting bigger and bigger and bigger yeah yeah we're really excited for this year Um, we are 
uh, gonna have Young the Giant and oh, Matt cool. and Kim. I and love Matt the, and Kim. They're playing. Yeah. They're playing here tonight. Oh really? They're, they're, so, they're, rad. Tonight. they're yeah. so rad. They're so rad. Love them. Talib Kweli, uh, legendary Talib Kweli, and uh, and then us again, and, and it's gonna be a two day thing. I want to go. Yeah. 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 We really <laughs> should go. Yeah. Those you bands are come. all awesome. But, dude. By the way, there's yeah. this really cool hotel in Ithaca that's like a house kind of, and like that's where we end up staying every time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll go, and it's sick. I, yeah. I love the city. Yeah, yeah, it's dude, really it absolutely. really is a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place. If you can make it through the winter, <laughs> it's a yeah, beautiful right? place. Well, like I left thinking to myself, what if more of America was like this? I know. Oh yeah. You know, th- th- because what you said was there is a uh, there's giant mixture of like classes so to speak yeah. if you're looking at it from like you know a societal vantage point right there's just a mix of everybody but uh-huh. everybody loves everybody I know yeah it is a really really welcoming environment and to for us to have grown up there uh, and and been able to nurture our weirdness there was was really lucky, you know. I think it is one of those things too that you know you don't really appreciate as a kid, but then you leave and come back and you see all these things that you didn't realize as a kid were so amazing because they were just part of everyday life, you know. You yeah, know? it's hard. I wanted to get the I wanted to get yeah. the hell out, you know, like as soon as I possibly could when I was growing up there. Um, but uh, now now I'm just like I keep coming back. Joyful, you guys are touring yeah. until May 19th, but yeah. we don't have an album release date. No, we don't. Neither do we. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Is it because it's not finished yet? Is it the label holding it? No, it's it's not finished yet. I, I think we're at a point right now where we have written so many songs and we've we've got so many pieces of the puzzle there and we're so proud of it all but um you know we're we're still trying to still tr- searching for a a linchpin for it all you know okay. um, like a one like that one special song that's going to really that kind of i don't know checks all the boxes a little bit i know it sounds like very analytical and like you know kind of like playing the game but you gotta. It has to be a balance. Yeah, it has to be a, a little bit of a balance. It's our and it's a business. Yeah, yeah. What was that linchpin for VHS? I think Renegades. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You know, it was. There was yeah. a point. I mean, before yeah, before we wrote Renegades, that we we didn't know when we were going to be putting VHS out, and then that that you know we wrote that song. Um, and it felt like the album was complete. And then, of course, the whole thing with the Jeep commercial happened and <laughs> everything went crazy. Yeah, we had, up until that point, we had Jungle, we had Unsteady, you know. And then Unsteady ended up doing, like, even kind of bigger numbers here in the States than than uh, Renegades did. But Renegades was a special song that kind of, like, put the... F- put our foot in the door so to speak of of just of where everything was radio wise and streaming wise and everything it was a genuine record but it was also very commercial yeah and very mainstream yeah where were you in life when you wrote unsteady oh man um that was written years ago yeah, yes knows. we were yeah. in, definitely in new york still um i remember I remember coming up with those chords in my little room. We, me and Sam shared uh, an apartment for the longest time. And I remember <laughs> I had come up with those chords and then sent them over to you. And I, rem- I don't remember when that was. That was, I think, 2014. Uh, wow. We started writing that song yeah, in 2014. That and, uh, yeah, and it was, it was finished. It, we put it on the Reason EP initially, which is the EP that we released right before VHS. Uh, along with Jungle, and then 
uh, yeah, and and that so that song was out and had been out for two years before it started getting radio play. So I wanted to Which know. Which is crazy. Th- That's well, crazy. No, it's not. But that, but that <laughs> does happen sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for some reason, I mean, it happens a lot, but it, in particular, it happens with music that has a similar sound to you guys, like that genre. Yeah. Dude, Hey, hey There, Delilah was around for freaking ever. I know. And then it ended up becoming the biggest song ever. Yeah. And then yeah. sadly, you know, Plain White T's do their thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it, Renegade into Moving Day into Unsteady on VHS. Yeah. That whole album is a story top to bottom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, yeah. They, those, they're connected, and Moving mm-hmm. Day was the connecting points. Yeah, yeah. So that, it, you know, that was like uh, when Casey and I were really little and we moved from from Seattle to, to Ithaca, and and uh, we wanted to tell the story of of, uh, of the band and, and who we were and, and, and kind of get us, have, give everyone a sense of the history that exists in this band. Um, this next record is also a little bit of a story, you know. Um, a, a dear friend uh, of ours uh, has been, uh, you know, going through um, rehab and and is struggling with with uh, with addiction and substance abuse uh, for a while, and and that was something that affected all three of us, and we kind of ended up writing a lot of songs about that and that experience uh, for this record. So that's that's wow. kind of what this story is about, you know, the the heartbreak and uh, frustration and guilt and, you know, and ultimately reconciliation and forgiveness that, that comes, you know, with, with uh, you know, essentially kind of like a, you know, almost like a, a breakup or, a, you know, or a... a distancing from from uh, someone so close to you have you reached that point of reconciliation as of this moment somewhat kind of you know it's still you know a little unresolved Is... and uh, I don't really want to, to to speak too much specifically about this person because yeah. you know like for for their own anonymity's sake but um, yeah you know it's it's uh it's still a process of of forgiving and 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 uh and moving on and and uh and like letting go of i think for me a lot of my own guilt you know of of maybe uh being an enabler in some ways uh, to this person it's it's you know if you if you know anyone who is who is uh sober or who's uh who's been through that it's a really um you know uh eye-opening uh ex- experience been through it personally yeah and yes the hundred percent i'm just wondering is this reconciliation connected to the linchpin that you are waiting for that one record that needs to come i mean if it's a story and it needs to be completed we wrote uh, something that i feel like touched on that maybe maybe i need to take it a step further and write something else that that goes even further Hmm. um but uh yeah i don't know you know i think i think the trouble is and i was i was i was talking this morning uh with someone about this like now that we you know know what we still need for this record Mm -hmm. it's it's like a process of almost like forgetting that and like and and not trying to pursue it it in order to get it just let you it know? happen naturally. Just let it happen naturally and just keep writing and keep writing. That's that's what's worked for us in the past, <laughs> and I think that's what we have to do and just be patient. You guys say you always write. What, yeah. What's the longest you've gone without writing? Um, a week, It's maybe. hard to say. I mean, because it depends on what you mean by writing. Like, I'll 
you know, yeah, it usually won't be more than a week that I'll go without, you know, at least throwing some little idea down or, you know, I'll I sit down and play the piano every day just improvising and making stuff up and sometimes I'll remember things that I've come up with, you know, just sitting and playing and that'll be the start of a new idea, that kind of thing. It's, it's yeah. I think Quincy it's Jones like tries to write like a little melody every single day. Like he tries to come up with some little thing just every single day. And even if it never goes anywhere, um, it's and, for him. Yeah, 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 and that's. I think that's what we all try to do. I think it's more like what's the longest we've gone without writing something good? Because <laughs> we're always <laughs> we're always writing yeah. stuff, but you have to, as Sam says a lot, get through a lot of like really bad There's ideas. A lot of really bad. And stuff. sometimes <laughs> a lot of lead roses. <laughs> it's like sometimes you feel there. like there have been times where we've been writing, and it's like we'll go like we'll be writing constantly and there'll be like a month where it's like five or six songs are that we are really proud of are written in that time and then there'll be three months where we might not even have one that we want to keep and then it's like very cyclic in that way it's really interesting yeah how when you get on a little roll you stay on that roll and then when kind of but some it, there's like no rhyme or reason sometimes there's like you're on a roll and sometimes you're just kind of like digging through the mud to try to like <laughs> oh get back God. yeah it's really I, true. I am i unfortunately have a personality trait of uh, if i'm working on something it's hard for me to it's really hard for me to just like kind of leave it and move on to something else and pursue something else i will bang my head against the wall until i just can't think anymore um sometimes that works but- like literally banging your head against the wall. But, but like, yeah, yeah. sometimes you're just yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just got a giant bump on your head for nothing. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> but, Most of the time. But then is your day spent? Like after you're you're freaking out over this yeah. one record, you can't go back in. Yeah, I'm exhausted. So yeah. I'm trying to shift gears to like, if I get stuck on something, just like, and I want to keep working, I'll I'll refocus that energy that I still have into something new. So how? Do you hit those high notes and don't stay? <laughs> um, high, I uh, had a surgical procedure to okay. uh, castrate myself. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I've been working slowly and slowly on my falsetto uh, and, and just work, I work with a, a, a vocal coach. Uh, his name is Eric Vitro. He's a great, great dude. The best ever. The best ever. Uh, and uh, I, uh, I take really good care of my voice too. I, I try not to... Uh, I don't really drink so much anymore. I avoid like acidic foods and I, I use a steam inhaler, which is just like a, um, a little thing you buy at CVS <laughs> that uh, creates steam. And I just sit with that on my face for like... So rock and roll, it's man. It's so rock and roll. <laughs> I know. So I know. can you like just do that right now or do you need to warm up? I would need to warm up. If, if I just tried to do it right now, I'd probably yeah. hurt myself. You got to FaceTime Eric. You got to... What's yeah. a high note warm up? High note warm up is, oh, you is don't like even a want to know. Th- oh my god, it's, <laughs> it's the best. It's the <laughs> I want to hear, hear something. It's the silliest, silliest stuff. Like I'm trying do to do the think. silliest. My favorite, portion. Um, my favorite one is the ping. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Like a lot of that stuff, and then like I like it. Yeah, and then like uh, um, uh, I I do one where I'm I, I like. Have to uh, I, I bounce up and down. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Wow. I'm doing weird stuff with my hands. It's, it's really, it, it sound, I sound like, a, like I, I belong in a loony bin. But it works. It was it me works. and Heather were trying to recreate it yesterday. We were listening to the song. We were like, I was, like how does that happen? Yeah, it's, no, yeah. I, didn't even, I didn't even try. Dan just did it. I didn't even try. I really had to, I really had to work on it. And I had to listen to a lot of Prince records. There you go. Oh. There you go. Hey, wait, did Ryan yeah. Tedder help with that song, right? Yes, Why do you want to bring him in? Because I've always loved his writing. I'm a I'm a huge fan of pop music, and I think he's an incredible, incredible, incredible songwriter and pop writer. And uh, we had met like a couple months prior to that, and just like sat down, and talked about music, and and uh, we talked about doing something together. And I got into a st- I, I came over to his studio, and because I didn't know like what kind of vibe he was into of ours. Mm-hmm. And I sat down and I started playing him some of the new stuff and I played him Joyful. And he was like, whoa, this song, this song. And the minute I, I, I heard him say that, I was like, okay, this is a guy that I want to work with. Okay. Because that song, it feels like so different than anything that we've done before. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it feels very classic and, and was, was, uh, it, it felt bold. Um, and and to, to see him react so strongly to something like that, I was like, I want to work with someone like you. Yeah, well, it's interesting that you mentioned you love pop music because you always, like, I just imagine you guys always as this rock band, this indie rock band. But yeah. I was listening to the VHS again, and songs like Gorgeous almost kind of sound yeah. like modern-day pop songs, kind of yeah. like what Niall and Harry Styles are doing. We love pop music. We've always loved pop music. I think that, that the, the structure of it, I find so much freedom and liberation in, in like, a, the pop structure and, like, the, just, like, the Beatles kind of mm-hmm. you know, found that same not comparing us to the Beatles at all. I'm not comparing us to the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, the way that, that there's there's that kind of structure that exists, like, you got you start with a chorus, and then you go into a verse, and then you get a pre-chorus, and then you get a chorus, and then you have a post-chorus, and you got, like, a hook. Like, I, lo- I, I love... N- uh, working in that context uh, mm-hmm. with our music, uh, and and yeah, I've always kind of we've all I think we all collectively have gravitated towards that. Did Alex the Kid help with that appreciation? Yeah, I mean, he really taught me a lot about uh, songwriting and song structure just by like sheer volume. I mean, when you work with that guy, it's like you're just writing and writing and writing and writing and writing and throwing a million things against the wall to see what sticks. And he's going back, he's sitting back there saying, nope, 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 nope. That's okay. Nope, 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 nope. That one's cool. Nope, 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 nope. And it's it just teaches you by by just sheer, like, just by by just the act of doing it over and over and over and over again that... Yeah, that you start to get it. You have strong ties with Imagine Dragons. Yeah. They actually helped discover you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They they uh, heard us. When was it? Back in 2012, I think. Yeah, yeah. In Norfolk, Virginia, on the radio. On the radio, yeah. we were. Mm-hmm. We had a song that was it was a really weird thing, but it got synced in some TV. One Tree show. Hill. One Tree Hill. Mm. In the last season of One Tree Hill. Cool. Best and show then, ever. I have what no song was it? <laughs> it's called Lee Toast. Okay, um, which was on our first EP, and the song like got on the radio in Norfolk, Virginia, randomly, and then by the end of the year, it was like the most played song of the year. Nice, how great! Which is crazy. On this one radio station, yeah, <laughs> one station. It was like we'd go to Norfolk and play to like fifteen hundred people, and then 
go to Philly and play for like three. (laughs) (laughs) That actually happened. Um, But yeah, I guess the Imagine Dragons guys heard us, heard a different song um, and brought brought it to Alex the Kid and we got a call and um, it was really just a crazy coincidence. What have you learned from those guys? To just be nice people. Yeah. There you go. It's important. Yeah. Nice yeah. and like very you know, like Not nice that we professional. Weren't. <laughs> yeah. To be honestly, especially yeah. seeing yeah. people. Well, so, so they also took us out um, when they were just starting to get big on their, their first uh, arena tour. They took us out. And I remember just, you know, basically seeing how, you know, you, you, you know, not only, you know, are you, is it best to just be a nice person, but also how, you know, it's there's a level of professionality mm-hmm. that you have to maintain when you're on that level of touring where you have to, you know, you have to be on time. You can, you can, mm-hmm. you know, party and have a good time, but you got to be on time. Mm-hmm. You got to have your, your stuff together. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. Just like, totally. you know, it's a, that I think was the, one of the biggest things we, we took away from, you know, from touring with them and working with them is that, you know, that professionality and that, you know, and, you know, being personable people as well. They're the best dudes. How about creatively? Well, I mean, these guys write like some of the biggest, biggest alternative songs, some of the biggest pop songs mm-hmm. that are out there right now. Um, and, you know, it's it's really inspiring to to watch them go. And especially seeing this this third record of theirs, like how how the the evolution yeah. uh no pun intended <laughs> uh of of the band on this record it's it's really inspiring to see um and and Dan as a songwriter i mean he's just like i i you know i've listened to these songs uh for for that he's been writing for a lot of years yeah. now and you know he sent me some of the some of the songs early on from this new record and it's so cool. It's so cool to just see them see them grow. When you first listen to one of their records, what do you listen for? I listen for lyrics because I'm a lyric dude. Um, and uh, I listen. I also love. I love like that first track on the record. I don't know why. Um, okay. I love like that vibe that he does where he where you know he kind of goes into this like R&B kind of sexy vibe uh, I you know we wrote a song together called Stranger that was on our, our Love Songs Drug Songs EP and, and it was so fun to write that with him because I was like oh I didn't know I didn't know you did this kind of stuff <laughs> so I kind of like I kind of gravitate towards those so I always listen for those I need to know everything about working with Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could tell you. <laughs> I, I want to know it all. <laughs> um, I uh, will tell you how it worked for me. I, I wrote a hook with Alex the Kid in 2014. Okay. And then uh, Got an four years passed, and then I got an email <laughs> <laughs> saying that asking for uh, approval uh, for, for the song. I, I have yet to uh, to to meet Eminem or, or be in. Haven't you done two songs with him at this point? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. did a song called Wicked Ways uh, with him, which uh, was done. Yeah, back in 2013, 14 for his for his record. Then and then this new one, Bad Husband. Well, Bad uh, Husband's an important song for Eminem. I mean, it's the first time yeah. he's publicly apologizing to Kim. I know it's really crazy. I had no idea that that song was going to turn into that. I just wrote it. Uh, it was it was. When we were writing with Alex for our record, uh, he had this beat and he gave me this beat and I, I, he was like, I want to write a song 
uh, called uh, Bad Husband. He had the title already. So I was like, all right, cool. And so we started working on the lyrics for it together. I wrote verses and there's like a whole version of the song oh, wow. with just me. Um, I think we were maybe writing it for Rihanna at the time. Um, but yeah, but then like we just moved on to other things. Uh, and and it, he hears that. And here he, comes Eminem. He rapped yeah. it. Yeah, he heard it and rapped on it. It was crazy. It's so it's so wild the way that these things work. Like you have, I mean, you have these little pieces of of songs that that kind of exist, uh, and or or whole songs that you write and they can sit around for years. Mm-hmm. And then someone can hear it and and just take it and, and then that turns into a totally new thing. And what feels old and stale to you ends up becoming something that shapes culture and yeah. writes pop culture history. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's really insane. How about Home with Machine Gun Kelly? Yeah, that access? was that was so cool to be a part of that. That was I didn't I didn't write on that one, but I came in at the very end and they they brought this song to me and wanted to feature me as a vocalist on it and. I loved the song and and uh, I I loved the whole vibe that that uh, MGK and BB brought to it and I was like yeah let me try and put my spin on it and uh, and yeah it, it was really it was really cool to to be a part of of something like that and MGK and I uh, really got pretty close and and uh, we actually wrote a song that might end up on his next record uh, cool we like we shot the music video. And it was like I like you, and he was like I like you too. Let's 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 work <laughs> let's be together. Friends. Let's be friends. <laughs> and so the next day we got in the studio together and, and wrote something. That's like ninety percent of like the process is like connecting yeah. with other musicians and having a genuine connection because then yeah. collaborations don't feel forced. Yes. You can open up as an artist. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, We've worked in all the different ways now. We've we've worked, uh, uh, you know, via email exclusively, and, uh, and and not ever meeting the person. We've also been in the room with people, and uh, in both ways can produce incredible results. Which How about the uh, the Suicide Squad? Did you work with like Lil Wayne, Logic? That was again. That guys? was like I had the track, and I I was working. I Dan had written that hook. And I, you know, was was trying to come up with a bridge for it, and I wrote the bridge for it, and then all of a sudden, there's like everybody on this track, yeah, you know. Right. Again, like, that was just via yeah. email, and, and uh, that's also how Alex works. He, you know, he 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 likes to keep things pretty close. Uh, so you know, if, if you're working on a track uh, with him, you know, you're most likely going to be in a separate place than everybody else. Do you guys think you get enough credit for what you do? Because I see so many people like, and I agree, like, you're just so underrated. I feel like you should be so much bigger. And obviously you're, you're a big band. You're, of course you know. we think we should be bigger. <laughs> of course. I mean, I, I... You think I, you get the credit you deserve. I think that we uh, need to find ways to be really grateful for, for everything that we have and yet still strive for, for more. I think that uh, if... I look so there are so many days when I wake up and I am I think that and I'm like this is what 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 more can I do mm-hmm. <laughs> what more can I do here and if you just if you let yourself go to that place too often it can it can drive you crazy how do you measure success I think just through your own um growth reflected in your in your work you know personally like i i think that 
these new songs that we have written, Joyful and Don't Stay, are a real progression for us. And I think we've grown a lot as human beings uh, since we put VHS out and since we put uh, Renegades and Unsteady out. And just to see that reflected in our, our work feels good and that feels like a success you know i think if you measure success by money or by hits or by platinum records or or spotify streaming numbers like you're you're just you're setting yourself up for failure what's the biggest thing you've learned from litos to now i think not giving up which which we say a lot but because you know there were even before Litos, many, many times where there was no hope or no light at the end of the tunnel. And then, you know, we got signed, put out a couple of EPs, didn't have like the immediate success that, of course, everyone we thought we would have. And then like right before Renegades, there was like really just felt like there was no hope, kind of. Yeah, we. I mean, look, it was so funny because we... We got signed, and then we put an EP out, Unconsolable was the first single, and then, you know, the label decided not to go to radio with it, and we were like, okay, damn. Um, all right, well, what's next? And then we wrote Jungle, and that, and then Jungle got featured in that big campaign, and that was amazing, and then it was like, still not going to go to radio with this, and it was like, oh, well. <laughs> what do we do now? You know, Try again. And 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 then uh, yeah, and then we were working on this record, and we put a full record together, and brought it to you know the label, and brought it to you know our management, and and, and thought about it amongst ourselves, and and we still felt like it's not ready. We're not ready. We don't have that thing. We don't have that one song that we need. And then we wrote Renegades, and then uh, we were able to put the record out. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have, you know, there have been plenty of other ups and downs since then, but you know, it's, it ebbs and flows and where we are right now, we're like, we have a record that we're really, really proud of these. We, we have so many songs that we really, really love. And yet, you know, we have come to a point now where we, we have realized like, it's not ready. <laughs> it's not ready. We still got to keep going. Uh, you know, there have been maybe two or three records that we've written in the last like two years that where every time we get to that point, we're like, okay, it's done. And then we sit on it, we play it for everybody and we really think about it. And then we realize it's not ready. <laughs> and then we got to do it again. And uh, we write even more songs, and then it's still not right. You know, it, it, it's just, uh, you just got to keep going. But you, you, know? you can't release an album twice, you know? Yeah, so you can't release an album true. twice. You, you got to release it when it's right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Joyful. That is the album coming out when it's ready. When it's ready. <laughs> Don't ask questions. <laughs> That's right. Just let the process happen. But you can also yeah. see X Ambassadors on tour until May 19th. Um, love. Thank you guys. Yo, thank Back you guys so much. You. I really, really, I, I'm so glad that you guys love the music. And, yeah. and, uh, and Seriously. I, it really means a lot to, to, to hear. Please. You know, you guys say that. So. Can I ask one more question? Yeah. So you guys, are you, are you singing live and, all your, and playing live instruments in your music videos? Yes. Why? That's. I mean, it, it sounds awesome. It almost sounds better than the album. Well, let me tell you this. So, yeah. so we wanted to do. We for ahead of myself, uh, I had the idea to do a live vocal um, uh, with the track just playing. I had a little earpiece in, uh, and then 
I was like, okay, what are we going to do next? Let's take it to an even bigger level for Joyful. We recorded the entire thing live with a three, with an eight piece choir. And, I love choirs. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm, they, a they choir. Choir. I'm a sucker for choir. Well, right? Yeah, they sounded so good. And then we we added strings to that, and uh, and then we did a similar thing with with the Don't Stay video. And I'm dancing. I worked with a choreographer, and and we really like kind of tried to make it like an emotional thing physically and 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 otherwise. And and I'm also still singing live mm-hmm. there. Um, but I think Casey, you brought this up. Uh, in uh, another interview just talking about it and why we decided to do it well it gives a unique it gives something very very unique to the video other than just the visuals mm-hmm. and like you know you were saying Casey when you watch a music video right it's in quotes yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you watch a music video it's not I mean it's not any different than listening to the song Except it's usually free on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> right? But, like, when you have a live element to it, that gives something fresh. And mm-hmm. that gives, you know, that gives something, like, unique. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah. I, I, I thought that that was really – I didn't even think about that when, when we were coming up with the concept of doing that. You can feel it and you can see it. And I yeah. think the other thing, too, is, like, between your acoustic sets and the actual recorded songs, there's no difference in vocals. Yeah. I mean, the arrangement is different, but you can still, you can still hear it. It's yeah. – it's a yeah. live show unlike anything. Yeah, and like that's the other thing. You know, we were also trying to figure out what what makes us us and what are our strengths? Where where do we differ from from, you know, anything else that you're hearing? And I think one of the things that we pride ourselves on is our live show and the fact that we've been a band playing live together for so long and we're pretty damn good at what we do. <laughs> I'd you say know? so. Thank you. Will you, know? you give notes? If something's off, uh, I mean, I always give, I always give notes. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was a real, uh, that was the coolest thing I think we, I feel like we've done uh, in in making those videos and making it a live thing. It it felt even as simple as it is, as simple as the concept is, it felt fresh and it yeah. felt new mm-hmm. and felt different. And that's what really excites me when you can you can take something that everyone takes for granted. And and change it. Also weird that you know, real music is taken for granted. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Welcome I know. to the future. Isn't that backwards? Yeah. 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 It is backwards. Yeah. Yeah. It hey. is what it is. Ex ambassadors, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.